Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of 15 Minute You. I'm Evan Wazork, and that's my brother Matt. What up, Doe? We are here to bring you a recap of the college football world from last week. Now, normally, I'd say we're also going to give you a preview of next week, but sadly, folks, we only have days left in this CFP season. And we already gave you a preview of the national championship game. If you haven't already, give our preview pod a listen. It was published on Saturday night. Matthew, it's raining in Monterey. Do you think that's because Mother Nature knows an era has ended that is near and dear to our hearts? Yeah, Evan, the Trump inauguration is until next Friday. (laughs) Fair. Fair, but there was another one. Oh, are you talking about the P.J. Fleck one? I might be. I might be. So our guy, P.J. Fleck, is out at Western Michigan and in at Minnesota. As Fleck said in his first presser, Skyuma meets row the boat. What are your thoughts? One, I don't even know what Skyuma means. But so it's a two, Sioux Indian chant. The Sioux Indians were from huh. that region in Minnesota, and so like the Gophers use that as an inspirational quote, Skyuma. Learn something new every day. There you go. Anyways, I'm a little surprised in that I thought he and Western were going to complete that deal. But this just proves that old adage, don't count your chickens until they are hatched, is completely correct. I'm sure there are some, yeah, right? I'm sure there are some mixed emotions in Kalamazoo, but I don't think anyone can deny that Fleck is a perfect fit here. And if I may toot my own horn for a second, I would like to point out (laughs) that I thought Fleck would leave Western for a Big Ten program, but... Only if the team was not a basement program, a la Purdue and Indiana. Minnesota certainly is showing promise of late, and I think Fleck will only add to that. Most importantly, though, I've been very impressed by P.J.'s character all year long, and I believe it was important for Minnesota to hire someone with unquestionable character and morals. I think they did that in Fleck. Great hire, and I think a great fit considering the system Fleck runs. Matt, question for you. What does his mantra become in Minneapolis? Does he still use row the boat? I don't know. He's a pretty creative guy. Uh, There are a few guys in college football that have more energy or even equal energy to P.J. Flex. So I wouldn't put it past him to come up with something new. Although row the boat really can be applicable anywhere. I just want to say I completely agree with the character bit. I I think when a dude is that hyped, you have so little time to worry about other things and fooling around and like... Break it. I, I feel the same way about Harbaugh. I, I, I love him. I know he's a Looney Tune, but like that dude is just so hyped and focused on bleeding maize and blue that I don't think he has time to like fuck around with bad decisions. Yeah, you cause a distraction, you're out. Because exactly. like I just exactly. don't have time. So how do you think Flex arrival in Minneapolis affects the Big Ten West race next season? I don't know. I'm not sure it's going to have a huge effect specifically next season. It's going to be difficult next there with Wisconsin. You got a nine win team. Pardon? They're a nine win team. They're one win away from being in the mix. Yeah. uh, Let me me give you my analysis. (laughs) All right. All right. They are losing running back Clement and cornerback Sojourn Shelton, who are both all Big Ten. However, Hornyback's coming back, leading wide receiver Jazz Peavy's coming back, and four all Big Ten guys all coming back. They're going to be tough to beat. Wisconsin. Not saying – yes, Wisconsin. Not saying Minnesota can't beat them, but it's going to be tough. You also have Nebraska and Iowa who could easily spoil anyone's season. But luckily, Minnesota gets Wisconsin and Nebraska at home, but they have to play Iowa at Kinnick Stadium. Never easy to play. My prediction, they do not win the West next year, but they'll make some They'll make some noise for can, sure. Can Fleck win a Big Ten title at Minnesota? I think that's 
that's t- also a tough question. Perhaps even tougher than previous. Uh, the previous question. Meyer doesn't appear to be going anywhere. Right. Paul Christ at Wisconsin doesn't appear to be going anywhere. He's an alumni there. Harbaugh has no issued no signs he's leaving. Yeah. Uh, I know MSU had a bad season, but D'Antonio doesn't appear to be going anywhere. Uh-huh. It's going to be tough to win in the Big Ten for the next decade, I think. That said, I think as long as he stays at Minnesota for five years, which I know is a long time in college football, it wouldn't be surprised me if they pull one out. Agree. And I think if Flex stays, though, it's part of the toughness. And as we saw with Michigan, oh, agreed. Michigan at agreed. Iowa and Ohio State at Penn State, any given day, man. I mean, stuff goes your way, you could you could end up with a title. Agreed. Agreed. I think five years he could pull one out easily. Does Flex arrival at Minnesota give the Big Ten the strongest conference of coaches in the country? It's certainly got to be up there. All those coaches we just previously mentioned, Meyer, Harbaugh, Christ, Antonio, great coaches. Now Flack, like, dang, man. That, I mean, that's pretty stacked. Who, which conference did you take over then? Well, certainly they don't have the best coach in no. college football, okay. who's Nick Saban, Agreed. which I do think counts for something. Agreed. Like, Dave Sweeney also has to be in the top three, I think. So maybe the SEC, but in my humble opinion, they are very top-heavy. And I also don't who's the SEC number two? SEC number two would be— It used be, to be last month. I mean, Malzahn? Right. I mean, like I said, they're top-heavy. I, I, but I think uh, Saban like, counts for two or three coaches. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And while I personally don't believe this, I would entertain a debate with the Pac-12, Peterson, Shaw, Whittingham, to a lesser extent, Leach, yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, I actually think the Pac-12, that's a better, that five that you listed versus Harbaugh, Meyer, D'Antonio, Fleck, and then we got some maybes in like Franklin and Chris yeah. and like, I don't know, is Lovey Smith going to make Illinois good? Maybe. And then, yeah. who's the Western Kentucky dude? Brom? Yeah, Brom. Is that Purdue now? I don't know. We'll see, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So speaking of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, man, let's talk about the Rose Bowl. Let's do it. How about that Rose Bowl, though? It was insane. Best Rose Bowl I've seen in a long time, maybe even ever. Over 1,000 yards and over 100 points. Yes, please. What were your general thoughts on the Rose Bowl? Great back and forth. You know I prefer a defensive game over a shootout. Sam Darnold and Trace McSworley were both impressive. They look like the few FBS quarterbacks out there. McSworley's fourth quarter interception was an unfortunate decision. You can't fault him too much, though. Every other time he made a similar throw, that came down by a Penn State receiver. So I see why you went for it, as ill-advised as it may have been. I did think the officiating in the third quarter was insanely one-sided towards Penn State. They got every single call until USC got that deep ball catch that was right on the sideline. They, Penn State had every opportunity to win the game, and they just couldn't close it out. So kudos to USC. Big shout-out. Heck of a way to finish out the season. Bright future ahead of them. Agreed. Fleck Agreed. is out at Western. You know why else Western won't go undefeated next year, though? Why is that? They open against USC. Oof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, not going to be not, good. At, at uh, USC, right? I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. No, USC's not coming to Kalamazoo. That, that would be an upset for the ages. <laughs> True. Now, I know you hate shootouts, which yes. this game undeniably was. Yep. However, there were four, count them, four turnovers. And both teams were about 50% in third down conversion. Slight edge to USC, who was 8-15. and 15. I think Penn State was like 4-13. and 13. Was that enough defense for you? Dude, 52-49. Absolutely not. 
there were that many interceptions because McSquirley and Darnold are gunslingers. Like, those are the two biggest bros in college football. They just went out there. <laughs> like, maybe we're leaving Baker Mayfield off the bro list, but those are, like, my yeah. top three bros in college football. They were just, like, confident dudes, and you appreciate their moxie and swagger. And But they were out there slinging the ball all over the place, They begging defenders to pick them off. I'm sure Brett Favre was pumped. Preach. Speaking of Sam Darnold, were you more impressed with his play or Clay Helton? Got to be Clay Helton. When he went to Darnold in week four, you know, it was a controversial pick at the time, but boy, oh boy, did it pay off. Where does Penn State go from here? They go up. McSorley's ability to escape pressure and make plays really worries me about the Big Ten East next year. Fourth quarter interception was ill-timed, but I was impressed with his performance overall. It's already tough enough. Michigan's got to go up against Ohio State and J.T. Parrott returning for his, like, ninth year of college. But we also don't need to be <laughs> tangling with Penn State, too. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's going to be rough. So where does USC go? I mean, favorites, Pac-12, no? Oh, no doubt, dude. Uh, Stanford and Oregon had just absolutely blah years. McCaffrey's headed to the NFL, which is no favorites for Stanford. Of the top 10 uncommitted recruits right now for the current class, Rivals.com has two of the top 10 going to USC, two of them going to Bama. The future is going to be bright at USC. They should need to get some shades. <laughs> So while we're talking Pac-12, though, I have two topics before we move on. First, Cal fired head coach Sonny Dykes this morning. Who are your top candidates to replace Dykes? I mean, so I I think the best two coaching candidates left are Les Miles Mm -hmm. and uh, Chip Kelly. Miles is Uh, begging for a job. Right? Like, for Miles' sake, I hope it's Miles. I almost feel bad for the guy at this point. Like, yeah, he might God, coach high school been, next year. He's like, interviewed he every, for every job under the sun. He hasn't gotten <laughs> know, one yet. I know. Um, and he's not a good commentator. So, like, I hope he doesn't end up at ESPN. <laughs> but I think, honestly, if Kelly wants that job, he'll get it. I mean, he was a very successful college coach. I yeah. don't think he's ever out in the NFL. But, like, that's just the way it goes. And, I mean, he's a West, West Coast, Coast guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. While we're talking commentary, I mentioned earlier, McCaffrey's leaving for the NFL. Can we talk quickly about Steve Levy's commentary on this same issue during the Orange Bowl? Sure. So, Greasy and Levy are congratulating players during the Orange Bowl because Fournette and McCaffrey sat out their bowl games. They're congratulating Dalvin Cook, like, big props to Cook for playing. Like, absolutely, we are not doing this. We're not going to let Fournette and McCaffrey start telling people, you need to congratulate seniors or juniors, people who are draft eligible, that they should be congratulated for playing in the game. I mean, if football players don't play football, what else do they do? How can we be congratulating people for that? Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I don't want to open that Fournette can of worms again. But, yeah, I mean, you should play football for the college that you signed to, for your teammates, for your coaches, all those dudes, like, even if you're a superstar, they helped you be a superstar. You can maybe scratch their back. Well, another thing is, you know, if McCaffrey and Fournette were playing in prestigious games, they would have played. Like, if oh, McCaffrey sure. wasn't skipping the Rose sure. Bowl. Yeah, no, no way. Yeah, dude, Steve Levy, good grief. So, let's talk about something that actually makes sense. Let's talk about the FCS National Championship. Let's do it. Shout out to James Madison, 2017 FCS National Champions. First national title for James Madison since 2004. Just the second national football title in school history. The Dukes took down Youngstown State 28-14 yesterday. Evan, what was your reaction to the game? Uh, The beginning of the game was good. I mean, great, if I may. But then it just started to get away from the Penguins pretty quick. I don't think that 28-14 score captures quite how handedly JMU won. I mean, they really controlled the game from... Early on, yeah, I mean, they just played really well. 
we're talking we were talking about specifically you were talking about YSU having a ton of momentum coming into the game <laughs> pulling out these surprise wins and like I agree it was very their run was very exciting yeah. I think their their luck just finally caught up with them congrats to them for making it so far and sure. I mean to be honest they never quit but the Duke's defense was just stifling against that YSU offense but the biggest factor I think was Youngstown State special teams, it was just bad. They Awful, however you want to phrase it. Blocked punt, a muffed punt, terrible kick returns. You couple that with two turnovers, like it's, you just made it very difficult for yourself to win. And lo and behold, they lost. Well, JMU um, also has the best special teams in the FCS. Oh, and it showed. Youngstown State had a bad day, but they're playing a good special teams. So we missed on that unit. We also were talking shootout, but really... Well, well time out. You missed. I... <laughs> True. Okay, fair. But Youngstown State defense, after they gave up that 14 early from the special teams miscues, like really shut down the JMU offense. It was yeah. kind of just back and forth, and we were waiting for them to do something. Yeah. Matt, despite rushing for more than twice as many yards as Youngstown State, James Madison held the ball for three less total minutes. Explain that to me and the fans who may have not watched the game in the context of a 14-28 to 28 win. Well, dude, I mean, especially in the first half, James Madison, they move with tempo. That's been their MO all season. They get up on opponents early, and then they go right for the jugular. They were up like 45 to nothing in the quarterfinal game, something ridiculous in the first half. So special teams miscues gave the Dukes a 14-0 lead right away, and they just went for the kill right then. They started going no huddle, started running tempo, and they scored another touchdown and put up 21 in the first half. YSU, on the other hand, when they dig the ball back, Entering the second half, try to slow it down, steady dose of the run game, alternating their quarterbacks. I think that added to their possession. The uh, bobble JMU touchdown, speaking of going for the jugular, second quarter touchdown or no? Initially ruled no, reversed on the review. Great play, and yes, TD. I I mean, I'm surprised that that wasn't the original call. Really? Yeah, I was with Rashard Davis from the start. He caught that ball. That was the most minuscule bobble he ever. Bob- like, yeah, but he does bo- he bobbles it. Then he gets like one foot down, then he's out of bounds. acting like he's juggling it over his head. Like, <laughs> it, it, no, it, you could have argued he was just repositioning it. Like, he yeah. had control of the ball the whole time. I, I don't know what anyone was talking about. I was with Pelini on that one. Not happy. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of Bellini, what was your reaction to his exploding on the officials in the second half? That's, that's Bobby and Bo. He's a looney tune. Dude is passionate and intense, and that's how he expresses his emotions. Especially in the second half, though. Things were not going the Penguins' way. I, I did feel for him. I did feel for him. Spe- speaking of boiling over, Penn State's now paid out a quarter of a billion dollars, $250 million, to victims in the Jerry Sandusky abuse scandal. What's your reaction to their total payout? Because I don't think they're done yet. I didn't know that. I mean, you told me that yeah. earlier today. I didn't know that fact until you told it to me. I, it's a shocking amount. I mean, deservedly so. Yep. But, oh my God, that's a ton of money. And correct me if I'm wrong, there is a Joe Paterno statue on campus. That statue came back. I think it did. we got to look into that. And you're gonna, so you're gonna make a statue of a guy that cost you two hundred fifty million dollars? Like, wow, well, Sandusky did. Paternal covered up, dude. You gotta go. You got to go on Netflix and watch that documentary, Happy Valley. It, you yeah. watch that, you will understand why they put the statue back up. It, dude, I thought I was, I was like, wait, is this North Korea? Oh no, this is Happy <laughs> Valley, Pennsylvania. This is brainwashing shit that goes down. It's un- unbelievable. Personally, I thought they should have got death penalty. Penn State. I don't know about that. I did, and I'm, I'm still in that camp. Should have got death penalty, 250 mil, 
they owe what they owe, and I don't think they're doing it's that. A cr- the only reason I'm against the death penalty is because you are – I mean, it's a criminal matter between adults, and you're uh, inflicting it on the football program. That I mean, that doesn't make sense yeah, to me. Which, like, for years benefited from Sandusky being there, knowing about it, and they covered up, and the university – rings in millions of dollars on that football team's performance. And we let it go for decades at the expense of children. Death penalty. So, all right, folks, that's enough excitement for tonight. Try not to let your anticipation for tomorrow night's national championship keep you up. This has been another episode of 15 Minute You. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Matt Wazork. That's my brother, Evan Wazork. See you later, folks. (laughs) Tune in tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on ESPN for the FBS national championship game. Alabama versus Clemson. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope we're in for a great one. Remember, you can find us on iTunes or wherever else you get your fine podcast. Please hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. Next week will be the final episode of 15 Minute You for the 2016 college football season. Don't forget to invite your friends to join us as well. We'll try better next time. Until then, remember, folks, don't pick them like my brother. And don't pick them like my brother. Death penalty. You gotta do it. If Sandusky's not a football coach, he gets caught right away.